I am Gaspar. And I'm Quan. And I guess the first thing that we can talk about is what could be your favorite film? See, that's a hard question, isn't it? Because there's so many like different genres, so you can't really pick one. Uh, is there a, well, favorite film? Yeah, favorite film is hard to choose. But is there any film that stands out to you the most where you can watch it multiple times without getting bored of it? Oh, that's easy. It's jackass. <laughs> I'm not even any kidding. particular part? <laughs> All, all the jackass, I guess. Because <laughs> it's so simple. Like, that's such an e- slapstick, so funny. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's easy to laugh at. You don't have to, like, think. You could just laugh. And that's so great. I don't want to think when I want to look at, watch, like, some sort of comedy. Or if I want to laugh, I don't want to think at all. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So it's just a fun, yeah, it's just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. All right. Uh Yeah, I would say my is The Thing. Oh, I get, I get. Or Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Both both stuck within a a confined location, not trusting one another. So they both have their similarities, yeah, and I can get right. get into that later on, hopefully in another episode. Um. But what's crazy is we have three films, or what is oh, it? One, three films. I think it's four films, right? We're doing two of the same. Yeah. One different each. Right. So basically what happened was we were going to shoot this first episode uh, during Halloween, but we got caught mm-hmm. up with, uh, with scheduling. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be a post-Halloween themed episode. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about classic core films, right? That's yeah, top. so, yeah, if you want to go first, because your film actually takes place before mine. Right, so, I I talked about Jackass earlier, but I, I guess in the spectrum of horror, I guess I'd like to talk about Frankenstein a little bit, and the original fa- Frankenstein, which, uh, what when they come out like nineteen thirties or some shit? Nineteen thirties, nineteen I would say nineteen thirties because the Bride of Frankenstein was released in nineteen thirty five. So I would say yours I think just a couple of years before. Right. And like I'm not gonna like modern day horror like doesn't get to me just because mm-hmm. like everything's like just like jump scares, right? And pretty much, yeah. That's such a cop out. That's such a cop out. Um, because you can like, Mine. like you can have like an explosion be a jump scare. It's not really a. It's not really scary. It's triggering triggering your fight or, fight or flight. Right. But with Frankenstein, it it has such a deeper meaning to the horror aspect of Frankenstein right we talk about Frankenstein's monster being the scariest thing in the movie but it's more of Dr. Frankenstein and how he's trying to play God and I think right it's so great to see that the the movie portrays Frankenstein's monster as some as not a monster just some newborn creation because every 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 kill i think he makes happens because he doesn't know any better right we look, exactly yeah, yeah. We look, and that, that's funny that you talk about that because i i'm doing the bride of frankenstein 
which was released uh, four years later. So I found out that Frankenstein was released in 1931. Uh. And mine is, or The Bride of Frankenstein was released in 1935. So one of the notes that I actually took from uh, The Bride of Frankenstein is, uh, why is the monster so misunderstood? Mm. And, you know, the first movie kind of shows you that, you know, he's not, ready for this life right yeah and you know we are gonna have spoilers during this podcast so you know hopefully when we plan all this this is being our first episode we can have a description of what films we're going to be talking about within the podcast so you guys are ready to listen to what we have within or what we're going to be discussing throughout the podcast so one of the quotes from the bride of frankenstein is um there's this character named Dr. Pretorius and he's like the new Dr. Frankenstein where he is trying to get the help of, of um, Henry Frankenstein Mm. to create a mate for the monster. And there is a moment where they are, where he um, hires two people to, find the body of of the mate of what they're going to use as the as the mate as the monster's mate and just somehow uh the monster is able to uh be in that same place at the same time so he goes and talks to um dr pretorius and you know broken english and one of the quotes that really stood out to me which kind of reflects on the first movie as well is uh i love dead hate living oh okay so it kind of like so this this uh this movie actually takes place in a matter of seconds after the first movie which is pretty cool so it's like one movie okay so you kind of gotta watch both of them i would say back to back to understand the full story yeah uh i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't watch bride of frankenstein um but that okay. is pretty interesting like how it's because i've i've never read the the frankenstein either like the book which i kind of wanted by mary shelley yeah. yeah so is it one of those things where is the book just the original frankenstein and then they made a sequel which is not part of the book i believe so i believe in in the credits not in not the movie credits but what they were credited for i think it says story related okay by mary shelley yeah it hasn't it i don't i I never read the book either it's one of my on my list but i i just feel like the book is dated Mm. and i feel like what universal did of course with like you know, with the the whole movie productions, like they they really go like a little overboard. The easy way out, I guess. The easy oh, okay. way out to make make a film, kind of like you know, here it is. Here's a quick punch, yeah. and you know, action. You know, different story because it. I guess it's just known that the book is always going to be better than the movie. I, I get it. I get it. I... But are you going to sit down and read a book that's, what, over 100 yeah. years old or watch a movie that's already going to be close to 100 yeah. years old already? So, yeah, I don't know. I That, 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 uh, that argument is really really hard with with these older movies I, I i think it's also due to the fact that and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna criticize hollywood because it's business right but yeah their main i guess their goal is to sell tickets and to make money yep. to fund more films to make you know it's like a whole vicious circle so I, I can see why they would go the easy way out to make it as easy as possible. At the same time, make more films of the same genre, 
like make more Frankenstein films, more you know, you know Godzillas because they they overplayed Godzilla as well. And I, yeah, I, I I think it's I get it. I get why Hollywood's doing that because that's their main goal is to make money. Yeah, and that that's actually one of the the general questions I had as well, which is what is the future of the film industry? And what you brought up is to make money. So right now we're in the time period of where superhero films are always going to be hitting. No matter who makes them, they're always going to hit. So back in, you know, in the 30s and even to the 20s, where Universal was punching all these horror movies with all the monsters, could you say that's what, you know, Marvel and Disney and uh, Warner Brothers and DC are doing right now with the superheroes? Honestly, uh, probably. um, mm, I, I don't know. I feel like they're a little bit more tame, but I also get like movies were kind of fresh so people had fresh ideas and maybe it's because people today are running out of fresh ideas oh right i don't know maybe maybe hollywood or universal back in the day was less money hungry well i don't know i'd I'd have to go back in time and experience the yeah, it's only really the people then. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. We can uh, want to get into some slashers, I, right? Since we're in the topic of mon- monster movies. Uh, yeah, I just have one more thing to say. Okay. Pretty much, um. You know, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are connected. They're, you know, the primary movie and the sequel. Uh, this does have an ending. I've never seen any spinoffs of the Frankenstein monster. Uh, but the ending, uh, of course, again, spoiler alert. Uh, at the end of the movie, you have um, the monster. You have the monster's mate, uh, Elizabeth. Henry Frankenstein yeah. and Dr. Pretorius um, in, in like a castle kind of. It's like a yeah. like a tower pretty much. And uh, pretty much uh, Henry Frankenstein is forced to to uh, to create another right. monster. Oh, okay. And the the monster's mate actually ends up not liking the monster uh okay. Frankenstein's monster yeah which is which is su- uh surprising cuz they're both undead and mm. whatnot but uh the the monster decides for uh Henry and Elizabeth to escape while killing all three of the other people or yeah other people in the in okay. that tower which kind of you kind of see the humanity yeah. in him and also seeing that showing like how he knows that all three of those people are monsters and they shouldn't be oh, alive. Oh, yeah. And so I, I thought yeah. that was Does it end cool. in a cliffhanger so that they can make another Frankenstein? No, that's pretty oh. much how it ends. Roll credits. The tower blows up and and that's it. No. Roll credits and Okay. That's the end. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, the only question I really had out of this movie, I don't know if Frankenstein um answered this, but I always wondered where did the super strength of the monster come? Oh, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe because, huh? Maybe it's because they're just undead and. They don't have to, they don't feel pain, so they can, Yeah, you know, I'm obviously talking out of my ass, but maybe that's like, <laughs> because they're undead, they don't feel the pain of tr- trying to use super 
of limitations yeah. maybe yeah because yeah. there there was a scene where they capture him they put him in the jail and they tie uh or yeah. they put him in chains like heavy chains and you know nail him into the the, yeah. the ground to the concrete yeah. and he just <laughs> is able to rip out those chains and you know set himself free so i was like how can an undead like you know yeah. like zombies uh how how is he able to have that super strength to be able to break free other than uh like a normal living yeah, so, human? I don't know. Maybe he uh got like some of the muscles from a dead bodybuilder or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But that the that monster was brilliantly played by uh oh, yeah. Karloff. Classic. So yeah. All right, moving on. So, what were you wanting to, to actually? Go off uh, of this? You're you're talking about super strengths and zombies. Remember, uh, I was about to call it um, the Walking Dead. How how the zombies like when Rick Grimes was on his horse and he was in the city and he abandoned the horse, and and the zombies tore through the horse's flesh with their fingers. That's yeah. That's just dumb, right? That's <laughs> horse's skin, like the muscles are pretty pretty tough. You can't really just tear with fingers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Super strengths. Sure they had it. What do you what do you what do you prefer? Do you prefer the slow zombies or fast zombies? Like uh, like Night of the Living Dead zombies or what? Uh, Resident uh, Evil zombies? So that's always a big question and a big argument. Like which one's better? Which which gives out more fear? Which uh, you know which, which is a better representation of the undead? And honestly, in I, I like slow zombies better, but that's just because I could probably mm-hmm. stand a chance against slow zombies. If you have fast zombies, you're gonna to have to pretty much run away the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. Which um what movie is it? Uh twenty twenty eight days later. Yeah. Is that what it's called? You're talking about for Yeah, that ha that that has fast zombies. Those are creepy zombies. But the but those are they're not really virus. Yeah, they're not really zombies. zombies, are they? They're they're yeah. Was it twenty eight days later where it's not like an undead virus, but just like a new strain of rabies or something? Yeah, it, it throw yeah. Oh. And that's another thing. Do you prefer the undead coming out of the ground and you know biting? To cause an infection, to cause more zombies, or do you prefer the virus? Or mm. see, I don't know. I I'm gonna say again, the bacteria and the teeth of the biting zombies, because I could probably survive. Because <laughs> all I have to do is <laughs> not get bitten. You're pretty much, you know, fucked if you you have like a virus, right? Yeah. Which I think The Walking Dead actually combined oh, the two. Yeah. So everybody has oh, yeah, a yeah. virus. And as soon as you die, you become an, un- an yeah. undead. Then again, Walking Dead has not been doing too, uh, too good. So I. <laughs> I know, I know the the newer seasons are actually are picking it... up again. Yeah, the showrunner Angela Kang uh, actually made made it watchable right, again. At least that's good. I'm not gonna watch it because I'm gonna have to yeah. sit through like like four seasons of torture before it gets good again. No, no, I I gave up. Yeah. 
No. Still, same reason why I stopped watching Game of Thrones after season seven. Yeah, that was such yeah, a letdown. When I found, because I was going to binge watch, was it season seven or season eight? I was going to binge watch at one season, and then season eight happened, and everyone was like, God, this is fucking garbage. And I was like, oh, great. I'm, I, well, if you say it like that, I'm not going to watch it, right? Like, yeah. So you've never, so you never seen. I've season seen eight of Game people of reviewing season eight of Game of Thrones. And that's <laughs> I would say definitely try and watch it yourself and give yourself your own opinion. But I would, I would take all the reviews right. into consideration <laughs> as well. So yeah, it's 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 really yeah. your own opinion, but you might end up having the same opinion right, as right. all the other reviews. Um, but yeah, other than that, for the two Frankenstein movies, that's pretty much all I have yeah. about it. Um, we did do we did uh, share a viewing of Halloween, John mm. Carpenter's Halloween, released in nineteen seventy eight. Solid, Solid and um, yeah. super good movie. For for it to be an independent yeah. film, for John Carpenter to do what he did with you know basically his own money his own crew is just insane it's such it it expands on what you can do yeah with the slasher movie and what you can do with just any yeah any movie as long as you have the heart as long as you have you know the will to make a good movie this movie is like one of the. It, it's part of the the inspiring movies that I have on on my list on making me want to make a movie. I completely agree, and it's one of those things where it has such iconic like actors. It has iconic scenes, even the music. That's still pretty fucking ominous and chilling, right? Yeah. Yeah. And same yeah. thing, it's all done by John Carpenter, which I believe is a you can you can put him on the the yeah. Mount Rushmore yeah. of horror. For for just this movie alone and really a lot of his other films, but just this movie alone makes him able to be on that on that Mount Rushmore of horror. Um, here's here's my question to you then. Uh, do you feel like Hollywood ruined Hol- Halloween with the 15th and 16th and 17th sequel, like they did with other brothers? <laughs> Uh, so that's actually that's actually one of my topics that I've written down: the history yeah. of the Halloween films. So this film, like we said, we praise it. It's almost a perfect film. Um, what Halloween Two does sequel is a perfect balance of. of what a sequel should be you you have the continuation of the first film it has the ending that it should have now halloween 3 has nothing to do with the michael myers or the or the laurie which is played by jamie lee curtis you move on you know to four five six whatever and now this new a uh, Halloween movie that was released a couple years ago by they, Blumhouse. Uh, wait, wait. Um, basically ignores all those sequels, including Jeez. the second one. And, you know, I appreciate for what they did. And I think it's, you know, a perfect way of 
because all the, all those sequels are mediocre yeah. to one yeah. and possibly two. With this new film, you know, it's up there with the original, and it's is it a better sequel than Halloween two? Really? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. It continues the story in the right way. It makes it more scary that both Michael and Lori have this thought that yeah. we need to finish this. See, I and my my thought was so, after like the 50th Halloween they came up with another Halloween movie and I was like oh I'm so over it I'm just going to ignore this one but you're saying it's pretty <laughs> good so now I feel bad for ignoring it yeah <laughs> so there was this thing that well there's this thought that everyone has that Lori and Where? Michael are related no. Well, the second movie, Halloween 2, okay. has proof of that. But since this new movie, this new Halloween movie was released, it be, like I said, it ignores all the sequels and it gets mm. deconfirmed. So, my question is, if you have a serial killer following these group, this group of... Um, of girl, high school girls and killing them, yeah, which is totally random, scarier than you know a half brother going after his sister or his half sister and trying huh. to kill her and her friends. I'm not, I uh, well, both have because. The original, like the child, Mike Myers, before he became a serial killer, he killed his sister because pretty much she ignored him and he's a psychopath, right? And right. it would be like saying, is it scary? Both have, he has reasons for both like sides one being she's a family member and the other being high school girls killing so i don't know right i guess both would be i guess it's equally scary because there's equal cause then again i'm talking out of my gun. I, I i feel like I feel like, you know, a random guy, a random serial killer finds a random group of girls and decides to kill them. I think that's just way more out there. Like, it it's more real. At the same time, it's like, whoa, this is like something to anyone that can happen at, to anyone. And I feel like this movie being called Halloween really should be a film that like should be shown and say like, Hey, you know, just be careful out there and you know, don't trust strangers. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, do you have a favorite? First I'm going to take a pee. Uh, Talk amongst all right. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'm all alone here. So I guess I can answer my own question about the favorite kill in Halloween by John Carpenter. So it's definitely gonna have to be Bob you know getting stabbed through the body with a knife and being hung on the wall and then Michael taking the the glasses and 
and disguising himself as him to kill his girlfriend. And I think that's just, you know. That's interesting because I just came back. And I'm going to say that anytime <laughs> Michael Myers gets really innovative instead of just running around with a knife and stabbing, like when he when he kills okay yeah smartly i feel like that's more of a satisfying kill which that doesn't sound good but that sounds pretty bad <laughs> it i i, I fucked myself over here i'm just going to i'm just going to go with it it's such it's more of a satisfying kill when he's being smart about it and I'm not a serial killer. I'm not a psychopath. But I, I don't know how else to word it. <laughs> and that's my answer. All right. Um, other than that, yeah, okay. I think that's it. For, On a side for note, Halloween. though, I have this bottle of Jameson 18 years old. Shit cost me $100. About take a nice swig of this. <laughs> it's a good whiskey. I know we're talking about films, but Jameson makes solid whiskey. What What do you think about you know drinking during film, watching films, and you know having having snacks during films, like at the movie theaters? You know, at home, uh, does it does it enhance the? Uh, the, not for me. I don't typically. Yeah. I don't usually get snacks. Um, in terms of drinking alcohol, though, okay. If I don't get too crazy with alcohol, it sometimes helps me think better and like observe better. I don't condone drinking alcohol but that's not right i don't con i don't condone heavy drinking of alcohol right but alcohol at mm -hmm. small like with small amounts it helps me view the films better Okay. And that's why I drink. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, you know, I prefer watching movies at the movie theater. Um, I, it's just the whole experience for me at the movie theater. You know, I'm there to enjoy the movie. When I'm at home watching or rewatching a movie I, I've seen in the in the mm. movie theater, I dissect the films at that point. So at the movie theater, I'm there with an open mind. Whether you know it's a bad film or good film, that's for me to decide. There, um, I'm always going to enjoy it. But when I'm here at home, right. am I going to watch the bad movie again or the movie that I enjoyed more at the movie theater? And you know and dissect it and really like learn um more about Honestly, it as, as i watch it right so because even bad movies you can dissect it and appreciate it a little bit more i'm i'm never gonna say unless that's true the film yeah. is so shitty that you cringe watching it there's good there's good like characteristics in all films, even if it's like some two star, okay, thing. Yeah, that's just my thing. All right. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um. With that being said, though, my third film that I watched for this uh, 
for this Halloween horror uh, episode mm. is uh, The Hateful Eight. That was fun. Directed by Quentin Tarantino, which is um, the film I chose where I can make an argument whether it's horror or not. Yeah. Which I believe you can I see it, it both ways. Uh, do I think it's 100% horror? No. Does it have the horror qualities that, you know, Halloween has and, you know, the Bride of okay. Frankenstein have? Yes. Is is there a monster or is there a slasher that are coming to get these characters? Yes and no. Yes, being that at the beginning of the film, they're running away from this blizzard, which you can consider the monster of the film. They do get to a safe location, but they can't really leave that place because there is a monster outside, which is the blizzard. Um, From what I've heard and from what I've read... This movie was inspired by The Thing yeah. and Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Quentin Tarantino had um, the cast watch both of those movies. Um, the Thing and Reservoir Dogs, like I said before, have this this thing where the characters don't 100% trust each other. Each other. Uh, Reservoir Dogs being... That there could, there's possibly a rat within, you know, the group, and the thing where there is an alien that takes over, or replicates the, the human they, they kill, and is hidden amongst the the group. In the hateful eight, you have this eerie sense that there's one or more people that, okay, aren't who they say they are. And, you know, with those factors, I, I believe that it can be considered a horror film to to some people and at the same time not. I mean, there there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in that movie where that like okay. represent the represents the horror genre. Um, what, what's also crazy in, in this movie is that Regan's theme from The Exorcist 2 is played. Um, it has it has no horror... Um, va- uh, just the music has the value. It actually... Uh, the scene is a slow motion of the horses trying to get through the blizzard as fast as they can. And why is that scene played during that scene? Yeah, what, what yeah I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I get it. Like, music is a big part, I think, in most horror films. I just never considered Hateful Eight to be a horror film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's very hard to, to make that that argument but yeah it does have those you know horror qualities that other movies represent um yeah wouldn't you uh honestly i get it wouldn't you consider this uh the hateful eight more of a psychological thriller though just because it 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 uh because it's one of those things where it's like it focuses on the minds of the people during like while they're stuck inside a small confined room and they all pretty much hate each other right okay. so i don't know it yeah it, or they well i wouldn't say they hate each other but they all they've all done hateful things yeah. 
so that the viewer knows, you know, it, it, it keeps the viewer on their toes. Yeah. Because it's like, who really is who they say they are? And, you know, of course, you're going to see majority of the film viewed by the the protagonists, if there are any protagonists, because they're all they all done bad things within within their lives. But as soon as the other half of the cast is, is presented, then you're like, wait, hold on. Are these people good guys or are the characters we've been following for already an hour the good guys? And and you know, you really gotta watch the whole film to understand it. Um but yeah, I mean that's really my my take on on that movie being a horror movie. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent a horror movie. But I am I am saying it has the, nope. the horror quality where you can make an argument. Which I mean it like it's a toss up. I I think a lot of the movies have the horror quality or at least some sort of you know horror esque feeling to it. Um not all, but you know, some where you can try and make an argument, but I think for me, this is like the best one I can think of, especially I, in in like modern films. I, I that makes sense, but uh, I could definitely yeah. see. The, I guess everyone in the movie is kind of a monster in their their own way. So I get it. Yeah. I that get too. it. So what what did you do your I didn't last do a film. I I binged because I talked to you about this the other day. <laughs> uh the emergency broadcast stuff, the EAS, because there's like a whole like following of people mm-hmm. like binging on literally just EAS broadcasts and it's so terrifying to me just because it's so real. And right. So for 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 the listeners, if we get any listeners on off of this podcast, uh can you explain on yeah, what if a couple of years EAS ago is... Hawaii actually had one where North they were saying that there were like North Korean missiles coming towards them or to Pearl Harbor and it turned out to be a fake, but you could see like in a situation where a missile is coming the terror and people's like how terrified people would be because obviously they a missile's coming, you gotta you gotta do something. And on YouTube, there's a bunch of videos of mimicking or trying to like emulate that fear. Like you have like EAS broadcasts for Russian nuclear strikes or EAS of a mass earthquake, or they even have like an EAS broadcast for you know a zombie invasion. <laughs> and I think that's scary because it's so real because rush as much as we talk about frankenstein or a crazy serial killer or anything like that a missile strike is a high possibility compared to any horror movie ever and I don't know that. Right. It really fucks you up, and in some, in some sense, I kind of love it. But, uh, but yeah, let's just say a little something to think about makes you think. 
just the possibilities of what can happen. And I was going to say government, but I don't want to get political. No politics, no politics. <laughs> There's a very low chance of no a Russian politics. nuclear strike or uh, any missiles heading any direction. But there's a bigger chance of that yeah. happening than, uh, you know, Frankenstein's monster rampaging or anything like that. Actually, that I think about. Okay. Have you heard about uh, how the CDC? They uh, made a, uh, I think it's the CDC, it's either them or the WHO, how they made a whole zombie survival guide in case there's a zombie invasion. Yeah, I, I guess they did it as a joke. No, I haven't heard of that. But, yeah. But people took it seriously. It makes you think, like, they, they were, I don't know, I guess they were trying to prepare in case of the the odd chance that zombies do actually invade so they made like a whole survival guide on what the government's going to do what people should do in case that happens <laughs> makes zombies more real that's interesting I feel like we should have something like that. Um, but was this recent? Was no, this like it was like during this whole uh, COVID. I'm gonna say it's like a couple. It, it was a couple years ago. How long though? Look it up. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, going back to. I would say actually majority of the the undead zombie films including the Walking Dead TV show yeah they really had no idea what zombies were it, the original George A Romero's Night of the Living Dead um you know they just come came out of nowhere and the Walking Dead you have you follow the the main protagonist waking up from a coma and you know, seeing what the world became and, you know, have that first zombie experience not knowing what it is. So having, you know, having some sort of like survival guide for a zombie apocalypse, I think is very helpful. But I mean, what are the chances of that ever happening? I don't know. Right. But and hopefully we'll never know. Two thousand eleven. But uh, but yeah. yeah. Still, it's still yeah. kind of scary. Two thousand eleven was like when that, though out there. I see is the last, the earliest blog posts of zombie preparedness. So it's been a while. Oh, oh, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Um, I think we have. A little over 10 minutes left on this podcast. Uh, do you want to discuss on what film you want to try and discuss for the next episode? Is there anything coming up? Thanksgiving's coming up. Thanksgiving is coming up. Uh, I, I honestly was thinking about this <laughs> um, today, actually, if there's a uh, if there's actually any any film that represents like Thanksgiving or fall oh, you know what it actually is coming up. But no, I couldn't. November eleventh is Veterans Day. Uh, that's the actually oh. it's funny because Veterans Day is the day I got out of the army. So, so. that's crazy. In that case, no. I mean, we can always do I guess. a movie we'll about the military. Um, 
I mean, two films that that kind of like pop into mind are are oh, Full yeah, Metal Jacket solid. and then uh, Saving Private Ryan. I'm gonna, I'm thinking we we're, we're supposed to be talking yeah. about horror, but I'm just gonna branch off. In the Army Now with Polly Shore is a great film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's a. I'm guessing it's, that's a comedy. It's, it's one of those things where I I feel like they portray the mindset of non-combat armed soldiers of how they want to do more, but they feel like they don't do enough because when you think of the army, you think of infantry and you know field artillery. And things like that. Okay. Cavalry. The whole shebang. I don't know. Right, right. We'll wing it. Let's, let's... <laughs> yeah. Definitely discuss it. And hopefully we can get this episode out, you know, as soon as possible. Um... Yeah, I mean, is there anything that you're that's on your watch list, maybe that other people can? Oh, relate to. Let's just go back to the, the to, emergency broadcast. <laughs> I meant it more as in, like, is there is there a movie that you never seen and you want to see? Hopefully, within like the week. <laughs> that's a thinker. There's a lot of movies I want to watch, but there's not that many modern movies I want to watch because it's all just Avengers today. Actually, now I think are there, yeah. are there even any good modern movies one that are coming out that's not you know played out. Well, the movie that I've been super interested in, in watching is Tenet. Uh, Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Yeah. Never yeah. even heard of that. You never heard of it? It, it was like a big oh. a big thing because yeah, it was going to be released I, in I theaters or something. I completely blocked out anything related to like movie theaters <laughs> if i don't see a trailer of it i probably don't know anything about it you should definitely check it out it's <laughs> it's different it has that you know it has that christopher nolan oh. feel of like what inception uh, was but it looks different definitely want to see that uh, a movie that I've always wanted to watch, which, I mean, people are going to probably hate on me for for not having watched it in, Damn, so, you know, like, really? ever, is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. So I might end up watching hey, uh, what for was next episode. What was that movie? Because you're doing a... The new monsters, right? This year, like it's with uh fucking Tom. They're yes. making monster movie and they're <laughs> starring Tom Cruise or some shit. It, it... <laughs> well, not the yeah, mummy. They, with they Tom made Cruise, uh, the mummy with Tom Cruise. I want to say like it was like the Invisible Man, and it looked it looked more like. And yeah. an action film yeah, and a man. horror monster. So I don't know what's going on with that. Which, oh, yeah, cool. which I which I haven't seen the Is film, but I heard critic great reviews, reviews or great it. people. <laughs> no, yeah, great critic reviews in both. Yeah, well, is both it a horror and, film or you know the normal it, viewer? Did, did, 
it seems like it yeah. seems like a horror film for for some of the scenes that that I I watched, but like like I only watched maybe like the last five this minutes. But yeah, it seems just really like suspenseful. It did it did it did seem more suspenseful than it did because you know this is coming from rumors from horror. this ear to mouth um mouth to ear, but from what I heard. They're redoing all the monster films, but making it more like an action film rather than horror suspense. Which, I mean... Yeah, stupid. You gotta compete with the superhero movies today. But... Yeah... I, I, yeah, it's hard. That's a, that's a, it's hard to, to make a movie and try and make a, a franchise out of it and not try and compete with, honestly, I think the, the greatest biggest franchise like, right now, the most creative stuff movies. comes from independent films now. I, I kind of, I kind of just want to watch I, Sundance I films. You. Totally agree point. on that one. Because I'm so tired of... Honestly, I like the Avengers, like the MCU. I'm so tired of it, though. I don't want to watch any more Avengers. <laughs> and honestly, no more superhero movies. I'm trying to clean my detox from... All these superheroes, unless they come out with another Deadpool. Yeah, I, I gotta agree and disagree. I'm I'm down to you know explore what you know what other people have like in store and. You know that don't have that big budget, yeah. but you know, I enjoy you know that that cheesiness. I enjoy that action-packed. Um. Yeah. Either way, I mean, you know, I just love films in general, so I can watch you know a really low-budget film and enjoy it, and I can watch you know. A super, a superhero movie that makes so much money. But yeah, we're in our last minute and counting. So, so yeah. Hopefully, you whoever listens to this enjoys what what we talked about Some today. Great reviews. Um, a lot of good movies in the world. I, I, I. I, I <laughs> Yeah. Is, is there any movie, any movie that you would recommend for this episode? Uh, that's like similar to classic monster films, the Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's enough love anymore. There used to be, but I I, I feel like not and enough yeah. people appreciate old films anymore and honestly if you, if you want to get the whole right. tingle in your spine of fear you should probably check out those emergency broadcasts oh I know we're yeah I gotta I gotta take a listen to those yeah and uh, they, they, I know we're past the hour but I kind of want to Okay. Caveat on yeah. there's a there's a YouTube channel called Local Fifty Eight, and it's kind of like those old TV broadcasts of like public service announcements. It's, it's some real fucked up shit in there. It's mm-hmm. so fucked up. <laughs> so that's a pretty good thing to. 
pretty good watch. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, you know, with going with this whole horror episode, I'm yeah. definitely going to recommend uh, The Thing. You know, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, Just a fantastic, same thing, just a fantastic film, just from beginning to end, you know. The, the horrors there, the stories there, the music. Oh my God, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think that's it for this episode. Awesome. Well, for whoever's going to listen White to this, Claws. have a good one and we'll <laughs> I, see I you had, guys uh, next time. I had some leftover. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, I don't want this in my room anymore. I'm going to drink it all. But yeah. Mm.